You may be seated for our first reading. We have two readings today, first from uh, Philippians and then from John. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's stand for the reading of the gospel. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him, when he called when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continue, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard what he had given, that <laughs> many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, some of you should have received a palm branch when you came in. Others of you should have got a palm cross. If you didn't, make sure you get one. And uh, uh, today is Palm Sunday, and we wave our palms. If you've got one, wave it, okay? If you've got a cross, hold it up and shout out with me, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the word Hosanna, it's, it's a great word, and it's a winning word because we're talking about winning today. You know, a psychologist once said that we live in a winning syndrome, the age of winning. Everybody has to be a winner. And I thought about that today. You know, yesterday we had the second highest snowfall ever recorded in Indianapolis in March. And you guys came to church the day after. Your, your streets are probably still icy and slushy. You guys win the prize. Congratulations to you. You are winners, okay? Hey, <laughs> I don't know if you're into the NCAA basketball tournament, but it's been enjoyable. And, and when they show the coaches of the teams, they always give their winning percentages and uh, their, their win-loss record because winning is what really matters. You may have heard about the football coach who had an undefeated season. And uh, he's meeting, he's having dinner with the president of the university. 
and the president of the university is just praising him up and down for, for, for being such an excellent coach, for bringing their, the, their university to a higher level of reputation in the United States, uh, th that he's respected as a leader, and he's the best friend of the university. And the college coach, uh, coach looks at the president and says, well, that's wonderful, thank you, sir, but let me ask you. If, I would have, if we would have lost all 12 games instead of winning those 12 games, would you still be my friend? And the college president said, well, you would still be our friend here, but we would sure miss you a lot around here. <laughs> so that when Jesus came into town, he looked like a winner. They, were, they had a parade for him. As people grabbed palm branches off the trees and waved them and shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And they put their garments down so that, that the, the, the donkey that Jesus was riding and his, his, his entourage could walk over it. It was a great day, a winning day. But you wonder, what kind of winning king did the people expect? What, what kind of winner do you think they were adoring as Jesus came into town. Perhaps they, they had in the back of their minds the way that a Roman general who had conquered a city or an area would, would ride into town. And he probably wouldn't have a donkey. He would be riding a white stallion. And behind him would be his chariots and his warriors. And behind them, maybe uh, some of, uh, of the, the shackled people that, that he had defeated. And behind that, they would have some of the loot, some of the prize uh, money and, and other silver and gold that, they, that, that he would have taken from the people. Maybe that's, they thought Jesus would be a worldly kind of king. You know, a kind of king who would lower their taxes, raise their standard of living, fill all their potholes, Glad you're still with me. <laughs> but Jesus didn't come to be that kind of king, did he? In fact, he's fulfilling an Old Testament prophecy from Zechariah where, where he said, Behold, your king comes to you right, righteous and having salvation, humble and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's the way that Jesus came into town. And behind him were not warriors, but 12 common, ordinary, uneducated men fishermen, tax collectors, zealots. And behind them would have been another group of people, a rabble of people, maybe those who had been fed by Jesus on a hillside. Maybe those who either were healed themselves or had relatives who had been healed. They were expecting that kind of king, but Jesus didn't come to be that kind of king. If you had to choose one word that would choose the type of king that Jesus came to be, you would choose the word humble or humility. In fact, in our first lesson that you heard from Philippians chapter 2, it's, it's, it's lyrical. It's, it's thought to be one of the first hymns of the church where Jesus talks about how, how God, who had everything, He gave it all up he, and He humbled Himself. And that's the way that Jesus comes into... He is the King of humility as He lowers Himself as he comes into Jerusalem for a purpose. And he came to win all right. His winning purpose, though, had not to do with earthly kinds of things. It had to do with, first of all, our relationship with God. Jesus came, humble and riding on a donkey. 
He had salvation in mind. And so as Jesus came and the people raised their palm branches and yelled out Hosanna, uh, it's interesting. The word Hosanna is, can be seen as a word of praise, but it's really a request. It's a prayer. The word Hosanna means, Lord, save me or Lord, help me. And so as Jesus rode into town, he could see into the hearts and lives of people. He could see their brokenness. He could see beyond their facade. He could see that they needed, most of all, a Savior. And that was the mission that God brought him on. And we know what happened. Jesus rode into to Jerusalem on, on Sunday in the Palm Sunday parade. And then by Thursday night, he's already being arrested after having his last meal with his disciples. And he's mocked and he's beaten he receives a crown of thorns. And then they let him out to a hill called Golgotha, where he's crucified between two criminals. Jesus, the king, humbles himself for our sake. It wasn't because he was sinful. He took on the sins of the world. He took on our sins, where he suffered for those sins. Jesus is the king of love because of that humility that he demonstrates. He shows it as he comes into Jerusalem, but most of all by his death on the cross and his resurrection. Well, what does that mean for you and me as we enter into this week that we Christians call holy? This is Holy Week. What does it mean? Well, it means that just as Jesus rode into Jerusalem, so that same king of humility and love needs to ride into our hearts and into our lives. How does that happen? Well, you know, as we think about the humility of Jesus, we think about how he, how he was the very nature of God, but he didn't count equality with God, something to be grasped. He lowered himself. He became one of us to die for us on the cross. And as Jesus rides into our hearts and our lives, the Apostle Paul in this section of, of Scripture mentions two things that needs to happen for us. First of all, he says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Bowing your knee is a sign of humility, isn't it, before God? It's a, it's a posture of humility that is shown in our hearts and in our lives, that we bow before him. It means that we give up any pretext, any notion that somehow what I'm doing is going to earn God's favor. It's giving up on the notion that somehow if I just try a little bit harder, then God will love me. He will accept me. God knows you just the way that you are. And he knows just as he saw into the hearts and lives of those people on that Palm Sunday parade, he sees into your heart. He knows your pain. He knows your brokenness. He knows what you need most of all. And that's why he goes on to the cross of Calvary to take away your sins, to bridge that gap of your sin. He becomes that bridge so that you have fellowship with God. You have peace with God. Nothing that anything in this world could ever offer to you. And so we bow before him. The second thing that the Apostle Paul mentions, he says that, that not only at the name of Jesus will every knee bow, but every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When you confess with your tongue, you're you're saying that what God has done for you is important to you, that it is real for you. 
And when you confess with your tongue, you also believe it in your heart. And when you confess with your tongue and believe it in your heart, it shows in the way that you treat other people. You know, Jesus humbled himself so that we would have this relationship with God secure. And now that we bow our knees to him and trust in him as our Lord and our Savior, we confess him so that then it makes a difference in the way that we live in our relationships with other people. It was just prior to this section uh, in the first part of chapter 2 where the Apostle Paul says that, he says, in humility, the same humility that he says, you should have the same attitude of Jesus, consider others better than yourselves. He says, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And in the same way, you're like Jesus then. Humility. It's not only something that Jesus has shown to us, but it becomes part of our lives as we demonstrate that love to others. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You know, this week, Holy Week, is the week when we Christians, we bow down to Him and we confess Jesus. And it's an excellent week to be able to talk to your neighbors. The snow is going to be melting. I heard it's going to be 58 by Wednesday. You can get out. You can meet your neighbors once again. Invite them to worship. Show them love and respect. Show them that you care about them. And in doing so, that humility of Jesus becomes part of us. A story I read this week, again, confirmed what it's all about. It's about a a guy who was a Christian counselor who later became a pastor. We're going to call him Pastor Mark. Okay? And Pastor Mark was at this Christian camp, and it was junior high week. Okay, I don't know if you remember what it was like to be in junior high or if you're in junior high now. Those are tough years. And for some reason, junior high kids enjoy picking on each other and enjoy finding fault with each other. And there was a kid there that week, a seventh grader, whose name was Billy. Billy had cerebral palsy. And so he couldn't walk very well. He stumbled when he walked. He stammered when he talked and stuttered, and Mark saw what happened in the camp. The very first day, as he's walking across camp, Billy is walking there, and he runs into a group of guys, and he asks them a question. Where is the craft shop? And the kids just, they they made fun of him. They laughed at him. And then they answered with the same kind of stuttering. It's over there on the, you know, and, and all the time they're laughing. And it just, it bothered Mark so much. Well, it continued on through the week and it came to a head on Thursday morning when Billy's cabin was chosen to do the opening devotion for Thursday. And the group got together and they made Billy the presenter. And the only reason they chose Billy to be the presenter was so that they could make fun of him. And sure enough, Billy made his way. He he got up there finally to the podium, and he's starting to, to speak, and already the kids are snickering and laughing at him and making fun of him. And it took him several minutes to say only seven words. These are the seven words that Billy spoke. He said, I love Jesus, and Jesus loves me. 
After he said that, Pastor Mark said there was silence in the room. That's something with junior high kids. And he turned around, and almost every one of those boys and girls, those junior high kids, were sobbing. They were crying. Somehow they had been touched by Billy, the one whom they had made fun of, because Billy confessed something that was real in his heart and in his life. He bowed his knee to Jesus, and he confessed with his tongue that Jesus is Lord. Friends, Christ humbled himself in that first Palm Sunday as he rode into Jerusalem to the hosannas of the people only to die on the cross of Calvary. And in humility, we know now that we have a relationship with God that is secure. You can trust him as your Lord and your Savior. And what a victory we will be celebrating a week from today, the victory of victories that Jesus conquered Satan's sin and death. But we also humble ourselves before others too. And we consider them even better than our. We look out for their interests even above our own. And in doing so, what happens? The name of Jesus is praised, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. By the way, you guys are winners. Amen? Amen. God bless you all.